1: everybody welcome to a special part two of episode 22 left wing right wing west wing as i mentioned earlier we ran a bit long with our guest marcos klein marquez and rather than create a two-hour episode we decided to actually break up our episode into two parts this time maybe one time only normally we do our deep dive and our courage or cringe segment together this time they're apart so you have the benefit of a very special part two to this episode now in our courage or cringe segment as i mentioned we are joined by producer entrepreneur latino media expert and dear friend of the show and of jesus and myself marcos klein marquez and we discuss a number of things politico meets shapiro black oklahomans and Andrew Yang and a few very provocative questions. What responsibility do newsroom leaders have to their journalists when allowing outside voices to their editorial platforms? Do Republican senators who plan to vote for an audit prior to the Electoral College certification deserve a fair hearing to explain their rationale or do their actions deserve repudiation and suspicion forever? And finally, do billionaire moguls get a pass for the occasional verbal miscue, or should their words get the microscope treatment that their vaunted positions call for? This and much more on this very special part two of episode 22 of the Diversity Remix. Marcos, welcome to the show. Thank you, brother. Great it's a pleasure to, you. to be. It's a privilege Great to see you. I described you earlier as a multi hyphenate, just amazing talent, producer, entrepreneur, Latino media expert. Like, how yeah. do you keep actually it, keep it
2: coming? Keep it coming. Do, <laughs> don't stop.
1: How do you uh, How do you introduce yourself at parties? What do you do? Tell people like what you're up to. What
2: well, it's it? it's so tough. I try not to go to parties.
1: That's a good. That's a good that's, idea. That's parties easiest. anymore in COVID are tough. And Z- then, Zoom parties. How do you introduce yourself? <laughs> right,
2: Zoom parties, uh, virtual uh, virtual drinks. And 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 when I do, uh, when I did, go go to parties, I. I I take my wife because she's the one that uh, explains it better.
1: That makes sense. That's good advice.
2: And she also remembers people's names, and that's helpful for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. But obviously that. Marcos is an old friend of ours, but you know, just the fact of our friendship should not uh – speak for all of your accomplishments. So you are a very, very talented producer. You're somebody who's been active both in the U.S. and in Latin America. You've developed a lot of incredible content. You've got shows that are on Netflix. You have your own production company. Like, I mean, give us your, like, what have you been up to lately? How's, uh, how's COVID treated you before we dive into this uh, hot mess of topics oh, Lord. today? Co-
2: COVID has just destroyed our business. I mean, not, not altogether. Listen, I, I, like a lot of people, I've struggled Tremendous, and particularly, I think maybe even entrepreneurs. I mean, you you've got months, uh, and and all of a sudden you've got you look at your bank account, and oh, yeah. and it's um, you know paranoia sets in. Uh, so that's um, you know, so at the but at the end of the day, you just kind of push through. When you push through, and you keep your you, know, you just keep working. I mean, uh, what have I been up to lately with 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 this? Is just trying to trying to redefine, trying to pivot. Uh, trying to understand what production means, mm-hmm. right? We've, I think at the beginning, it was very easy to to, anticipating that it wasn't going to last that long to be able to turn around and say, yeah, we can tell stories from home. We can do it this way. We can do it another way. Um, and, and that, you know, worked for the first few months. And right now, the largest frustration that I think a lot of people feel, particularly in service industries as well, is we're done strategizing because we're so tired of doing it. Right. And not knowing when the end is, when when this strategy is actually going to pay off, Sure. right? And maybe that just speaks to the fact that we're strategizing, you know, wrong, that we should be thinking that this is permanent um, in order to start being Im- able to implement some of those ideas. But but ultimately, I think you know myself, everybody, just COVID fatigue. Yes, we've reinvented. Yes, we've managed to do a stand up comedy special with 350 of you know members of the audience. And how we did that was unique in its own way because, you know, fortunately no, nobody got COVID and uh, we didn't have any issues. That's an right? accomplishment by itself right there. I mean, yeah, but it's it, not necessarily something you can scale. It's not necessarily yeah. – we're not going to turn around and do that every single time. Sure. Right? We're not going to – the cost is also super prohibitive. Sure. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many times we've bid on projects lately, um, particularly foreign projects, right, where the celebrity – you know uh, a ex celebrity lives in los angeles they are the voice of ex brand in france but the celebrity won't travel so now the brand has to come to the to los angeles to film and then when we budget it out here at our union rates and with our covid protocols they fall out of the chair every single time and then the projects yeah. just get canceled yeah
1: super so super uh, we just we, we recently did a, a covid production so we know some of the the vagaries therein. Mm-hmm. I just want to say one thing about Marcos, which I don't think I've ever told you. It's 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 uh, amidst all of your different accomplishments, one thing that I've always been very impressed about is that it's very difficult for people to be bilingual and be super super good at both languages. Marcos is one. No yeah. tengo Marcos, idea de
2: lo que estás hablando.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's like super Mexican. Is hispa- Mexican. No 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 no. his Spanish is phenomenal, <laughs> written and right, spoken, right, right. and his English is great. Like, and I, I mean, it's very tough yeah, to find that. You're yeah. like, I mean, you could be like on one of Capri- the like uh, you know, Univision shows, and then go to like uh, you know some other broadcaster right afterwards. Well, I, I, it's a rare thing. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. It is. That's nothing to do with what you were saying earlier, by the way. But I thought I would throw that in there because well, I've always admired that. But
2: it's but you. it's all. But I think it's important, particularly when we you know when we're we're, we're talking about diversity and inclusion and things of the sort. And, sure. You know, the well, Jesus is, I, okay. I I I hear so much from. Uh, From young uh, Latinos in the U.S. or things like they'll they'll ask me, you know, why are you like so American when you're speaking English and so Mexican when you're speaking Spanish? Mm -hmm. And there's really two reasons, right? One is my parents. They never, ever told me you are half and half. They always told me you are 100 percent American and 100 percent Mexican. Wow. That's because my dad's from the Midwest and my mom is from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think as a kid, psychologically, that changes. I got yeah. You don't you don't feel out of place at a wiener roast in a town of 400 people in central Illinois. And when you're in Mexico City, you're like where are the closest tacos. Right. right. Because you, you're, you're not missing anything. Right. I think that was really important for me as a kid. It's something that I'm trying to instill into my son. And I think that if more parents did that, you would have more examples of people who weren't trying to find themselves because they know that they are both. Right. And the the reason why my Spanish is impeccable, written form that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. is because the iPhone has spell check. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, that's
0: great. That is true.
2: Those are the that's two. Reasons. <laughs> now, now I, I, growing up in Mexico, I can never figure out where the accent went. By the now, way, I, I re- recently
1: switched over to iPhone after a thousand years cause I've been Android forever, and it does have that feature. But the one thing that I bemoan about iPhone is that you have to tell it that you're speaking Spanish. The Android just knows you are speaking in Spanish, which is interesting. Like you have to set your keyboard to Spanish. We're getting a little far afield. Well, there, but I think anyway, that's, that's important because, focus, I mean, it gets focus. mixed
2: up with me. <laughs> I mean, it's like – because, you know, you're doing half a – one sentence in Spanish, another sentence in English, and then it just – uh.
1: So I'm super yes. interested, Marcos, to bring your production, content, marketing, all these expertise into our little game here of Courage or Cringe. I know you know the show, but just for the sake of um, having Jesus be on the spot to explain it, can- Jesus, can you tell us what, the sh- what what this segment is about? How well, does Marcos yeah, play?
3: We'll run through the rules. Uh, we'll cover a topic, kind of give giving background as to what the, what the controversy was. And basically each person gets, uh, you know, a chance to make a stance in terms of whether they see it as courage or cringe and why. Right. And Uh obviously as part of this, you know, get a chance to talk about this, debate a little bit, but uh, it's pretty simple. And the main thing is you have to make a call. And Why? I definitely have the side of always <laughs> you struggling can't, with, you can't, with and
1: no percentages. You can't say it's well, 52% I'm, print. I've this this plenty of times. This well, is heard, thumbs I've up, thumbs down. This is thumbs. This is Cisco Niebuhr. So man, you know what? Let's, let's, the world is black
2: you know, and white. There's no mm-hmm, shades. Mm-hmm. You know, no shades Not of gray. on this,
1: this game. Is, no, enough
3: man. talking about it. Let's get into it. Let's All right. Let's do it. All right. So what's number one? Our first topic. So the New York Times reported on a recent controversy at political. Right. So last week. Political faced some backlash from his staff after it handed its playbook newsletter, which apparently is a very popular morning read in Washington, mm-hmm. to the right-wing commentator Ben Shapiro for a day. Now, Ben Shapiro, for those of you that know, he's a host of the Ben Shapiro uh, podcast, which is a very you know popular podcast, and is you know known for some controversial stances, which we can get into in a little bit. Right now, this was actually part of an effort by Political to use a series of guests to handle the daily newsletter. After the exit of, of, I guess, two of Playbook's uh, longtime writers, right? So other guests have included Chris Hayes of NBC News, Eliana Johnson, the editor in chief of the Washington Free Beacon, and James Bennett, uh, the former New York Times opinion ed- editor, right? So they've been kind of sort of shopping around, have different folks uh, being the guest, the guest host. Now, Political's decision to give Mr. Shapiro a turn drew criticism, but mostly actually from its own staff, from from its journalists, right? So as part of a Zoom call where more than 200 members of the staff joined the editor-in-chief, Matthew Kaminsky, uh, many argued that Politico uh, should not have given the platform to Mr. Shapiro. Actually, some even described him as a bigot, right? And Mr. Kaminsky, the editor, you know, actually stood behind his decision, did not apologize for it. And even afterwards, Mr. Shapiro said that he was grateful to Politico for the opportunity and by the way, I'm surprised by the reaction. He actually warned them that this was going to happen, uh, and gave them credit for actually proceeding, even knowing that they were going to get some some heat. So, mm-hmm. like we get into a lot of the, of the other stuff, but in essence, we think about this core issue that that is the big the big problem. Now, in terms of some of the controversial history, just so we can cover that. Um, you know, I mentioned he's a you know right wing commentator, but he's also made some comments that I think have definitely rubbed some folks the wrong way. Uh, he said that transgender people suffer from mental disorder in 2016. He wrote on Twitter that Trayvon Martin, uh, this was a black teenager who was killed in 2012 by his neighbor, Neighborhood Watch Volunteer uh, in Florida. He said uh, that Trayvon Martin would have turned 21 today if he hadn't taken a man's head and beaten it on the pavement before being shot. Obviously, a pretty controversial you know, statement to make in the case of Trayvon Martin, who was famously uh, uh, or, or infamously killed by um, – I'm forgetting the, uh, the name of the person. Um, basically, in, you know, this happened a, you know, a few years back in, in 2016. Uh, he's also a former editor at Breitbart News and the author of "Brainwashed: How Universities Indoctrinate America's Youth" and "How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps." So there, there's a lot there that I think people can you know pull from in terms of what they disagree with them. But in essence, the, the what we're by the way, courage and cringing on is specifically the stance the political took and actually you know taking a diverse voice and, and a controversial voice and then giving over or handing over this very popular newsletter. A voice that probably typically wouldn't be uh, okay, covered so, or featured within within uh, you know within political.
1: So we are we're courage or cringing, political doing it, not the staff's response. Well, I
3: think it's kind of the combination of the two, right? No. The, well, we pick one or the you other. You got to choose one. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I got to choose.
1: If I, I, I can, guess
3: it, if it if will be <laughs> the reaction. Yeah, I guess in that case it will be the reaction of, okay, the, of, the, the, reaction staff. of the staff. Yeah, okay, the reaction of the staff. yeah, it will be the reaction of the staff. Very good. The, uh, to me, they're they're one and the same. But yeah, the they're, they're reaction of the staff. Okay, very good. So on that point. Being that you are a special guest, <laughs> Mr. Marcos, Marcos. Klein, would you like to begin by giving us your POV? Courage or cringe Is it and cringeworthy
1: why? or courageous how the political staff responded to Ben Shapiro?
2: Flat out cringeworthy. And right? uh, flat out cringeworthy. I don't think there's, at least in my mind, there shouldn't be any debate on this one. Um, I think, you know, I, I listened to your last episode and, and heard a lot of what, uh, obviously the whole thing, but a lot of what was talked about was, you know, corporations silencing certain voices. But you know what? I got to tell you guys, one of the things that didn't pop up during the conversation, or at Mm -hmm. least not while I was actively listening, my kid might have interrupted for a moment or two, Mm -hmm. was the fact that a lot of this is based off of lies, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not just inciting violence, but it's also just sharing lie after lie after lie. And I think, uh, uh, Charlie, you at one point were about to mention you can't yell fire in a crowded theater, right? Yep. I think part of that has to do with the larger conversation of that, right? But when you actually go in and you read um, Ben Shapiro's article, which which, which obviously I, I did to be prepared with you guys, All right. there is absolutely nothing cringeworthy in that article. And I think that we have the tendency of uh, – I, cert- I certainly do – of um, by the way, just just to cover
3: what 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 Marcus is is referring to is the newsletter that Shapiro which I didn't actually cover what he actually wrote about was how the, basically that Republican leaders were justified in opposing the second impeachment of President Trump because of a deep and abiding conservative belief that members of the opposing political tribe, meaning liberals want their destruction, not simply to punish Trump for his behavior so that oh. was sort of the essence of what he, what he talked about
2: listen, it was a strong opinion piece, sure that was not. Based off of alternative facts, right? It's an opinion piece. Um, you, can you can have an it. opinion yeah. about a lot of stuff. You cannot sure. have an opinion about certain factual things, right? Like election being stole, you know, stolen. Yeah. Um, but this is not what that was about. This was about a concern within the Republican Party of what the Democratic Party and by by the way, I'm wearing my Joe Biden t-shirt. I see that. Right? Yeah, see so that. The, You're the one. The <laughs> added to the 80 million. But sure. Uh, my voice counts for many. Plus one. I voted I I, I can't tell you how many times I voted.
1: <laughs> I actually, exactly. I love
2: that. Literally I can't I actually tell you. Like the, I like the
1: shirt. So whoever designed it. Yeah it I very, think the design cool. is great.
2: Um, the but going back to the point here, right, um, we create bubbles for ourselves mm-hmm. in choosing who we follow on Twitter, on social media, who we read, what we read. And I think it's super important for us as educated people to be able to have a, an informed voice, an informed opinion, to be able to read and have access to all of these. different. I, I'll tell you flat out, I will, I'm, I'm, I will not read people who are lying. You know, if like I start dip, dipping into it and I realize this is just, just conspiracy lies, right. theory over conspiracy theory sure. over nothing factual, table that, You're it's out. off. So yeah. reading Ben's article, right, his opinion piece, it's an interesting insight. And I would much rather have access to that information than to not have access to that information. And hmm. at that stage, They're, I think it's cringeworthy that a bunch of, you know, professionals would turn around and say this is not the platform for him. That's my opinion. By the way,
3: I was that. kind of excited to have like a way more liberal person on. the But if you're going to be talking this way, we may have to cut this thing short. Like, <laughs> this
1: is, I don't want backup here. What's was, going on? I was, right, I was right about two against, <laughs> two against one. I just didn't know in which direction exactly. it was going to yeah. go. <laughs> All right, Charlie. <laughs> so, so, no, so well, of, of course I agree. I think it's super cringeworthy for a number of different reasons, not the least of which is that these um, – the same editorial um, – Uh, You know, leadership has also included people from the Washington Free Beacon, which is a, Mm -hmm. I mean, significantly super conservative, uber conservative kind of outfit, which has, you know, not a checkered past, but you can certainly find a lot of things in there to disagree with. So the fact that that's already happened and then now we're we're objecting to um, to Ben Shapiro, who, by the way, for the record, has been on the record, discussing these exact same controversial things that happened years ago and clarifying and explaining them mm-hmm. to the nth degree. And then on top of that, the only other sort of, sort of nugget that I would add is, A, I agree with you, Marcos, that the piece itself is the kind of thing that you want access to, even if you disagree with it. That's mm-hmm. supposed to be the whole point of journalism. So to have a bunch of journalisms, journalists incensed or outraged about having different voices gives me some pause and concern in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, the, the, the things that he talks about, also, you have to bear in, in, you know in, in, into consideration that he is a, a super religious Orthodox Jew who has very closely hold religious opinions about a number of these different things. His positions on some of the things that are controversial are, frankly, garden variety religious objections to these, these particular issues. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is to the extent that there's anything that's been controversial in his past, the guy started talking publicly when he was like 12. I mean, like, and I, I try to imagine... I mean, the he things, looks like he's- Still. Exactly. No, <laughs> it's only he's thirty something years old, but is I'm he? telling you, this he guy was on a young. national platform when he was 15 or 16 years old. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I look back at the things that I thought or said when I was 15 or 16, and thank God nobody recorded those. So, even even though you can ju- look at everything he said and sure. rationalize it based on who he is, nevertheless, we also have to bear in mind of who he was when he said different things. Look for all of those different reasons, but the most important of which is that we have to have. Journalists support a variety of different points of views. Um, I obviously come down on this as a hardcore cringe for me from the staff listen, at the uh, political let,
2: let, let me add one one thing to this mm-hmm. because I, I think the the a, a huge problem that we have right now is the confusion of um, you know what is actually news and what is opinion. And I think a lot of the twenty-four hours. I mean, it, it started with CNN, mm-hmm. right? It started with having to fill twenty-four hours worth of news when there isn't any, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I'm at this stage of the game. I want to say okay with CNN because their name is no longer Cable News Network; it's CNN, mm-hmm. right? I have a larger issue with Fox News mm-hmm. because "news" is in their name. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honest, honestly, I don't have I don't <laughs> have a, a, a problem with people having a different opinion, but I do have a, a, a problem with people selling. Right, um, opinion as if it was news. Uh, opinion as if it was news. Yeah, well, I but, so. but I think that. You, mm-hmm. But again, you look at this particular platform, right. And you've had a lot of opinion makers on it. It sure. tends to lean that in that direction, and having somebody from a different, uh, you know, from a different point of view is important in order to challenge your own views.
3: Yeah, agree So, um, Jesus, I, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm, I think wow. it's complete cringe by the staff to be to draw this kind of criticism. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about it in this podcast, uh, you know, having the ability to have diversity in thought. Um, I, and I think to the point that, Marcus, you're making earlier, is that the, the challenge with in the way that most of us consume, whether it's opinion or news, is so driven by algorithms. And so mm-hmm. so much of this sort of self-reinforcing like reinforcing the same beliefs that we may already have, because that's what we engage with, that it blocks us from being able to see other perspectives. By the way, there's probably very few things that I would ever agree with Ben Shapiro on, but I don't think that uh, that he should not be given the opportunity to actually share or to be part of this, especially if the strategy of political is to be able to represent or to showcase different voices. So I I put courage on political, I put courage on the response from the staff. Very good. We're batting a
1: thousand. Wow. So rare makes, start. It mean, never happened again. I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah, it happened so last
2: episode. You started batting a
1: thousand. Oh, did we? Okay. Yes, well, yes. then that was maybe the yeah, first yeah. We Quickly, We don't end awry. up that way. It never, by the it never, way. It never ends that, that way. way. <laughs> the most we've ever achieved so, is the 66%. But uh, we'll see if we can Let, buck any trends into, today.
3: Uh, let's get into our second topic, being right. that we're so in, in uh in, It's very combined. The first one, yeah. Kumbaya. So Senator James Langford, Republican of Oklahoma, uh, has apologized to black Oklahomans for challenging Joe Biden's electoral college victory, saying he did not realize his actions will be seen as casting doubt on the validity of votes in predominantly black cities like Atlanta, Philadelphia, and Detroit. Now, Langford was part of the group of 11 senators that were led by or infamously led by Senator Ted Cruz out of Texas, who had planned to object to the Electoral College certification unless Congress launched a commission to audit election results. Now, he actually later withdrew the objection after the pro-Trump siege on the Capitol. And that happened with a couple of different people. It was also happened with, uh, uh, in Georgia, uh, what's her name? She, she just lost. Lanford? No, um, Lawler. Yeah. Lawler, who just lost. She, she did the same thing where she basically changed her you know, there was a number stance. of people who did that on a, the day of after a, the siege. A number of yeah. folks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, according to Tulsa World, which is a publication out of Tulsa, uh, they shared that Langford, and I quote, has been more involved with black Tulsans, uh, and particularly the historic Greenwood District, than any statewide Republican officer, office holder in decades, right? So they're giving them mm-hmm. complete kudos. However, after the comments on the Senate floor uh, and the initial sort of opposition of, of certification, uh, several state black leaders have said that he should be removed from the t- 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre Centennial Commission, which is dedicated to educating communities about the massacre that killed 300 people. Uh, and by the way, this kind of goes in line to, frankly, part of the broader fallout, fallout that has happened since, the, elector- since the, the, the Capitol Hill attack that happened, even included other Republicans involved in the election challenges, such right. as Senator Ted Cruz and, and, and other folks. Um, now, in the letter, now I'll, this will be the last thing I'll cover, he wrote specifically, he wrote a letter to my friends of North Tulsa. He said, My, ask, my action of asking for more election information caused a firestorm of suspicion among many of my friends, particularly in the black communities around the state. I can assure you my intent uh, to give a voice to Oklahomans who had questions was never also an intent to diminish the voice of any black American. I should have recognized how what I said and what I did could be interpreted by many of you. I deeply regret my blindness to that perception.
1: And for that, I am sorry. Mm-hmm.
3: So we start with Markles, Charlie, you want to start on this one? Sure.
1: I, I mean, I wish I knew anything about Senator Langford. I don't. Can, can I ask the same sure, question that you asked Charlie, yeah.
2: which is what are we specifically? Sure.
3: Courage or cringing his apology.
1: Yeah. Got it. Is his apology courageous or is it cringeworthy? Yeah. Um, I wish I knew more about Senator Langford. I don't know anything about a lot of these senators, to be honest. Um, And despite and despite my um, my, you know, uh, research to the contrary, I still don't know a lot about this guy besides the articles that we've actually looked at. But from my standpoint, let's when when I don't have all the information, I do what's called giving the benefit of the doubt. And I think that we need to do more of that just in general as people. And so as a result of that's what I've that's what I've now used as my rationale for coming to a decision here. Here's what I see. I see somebody. Who, By the way, this yeah. is
2: coming from the st- same person yes. who's also said, "You pretty much Sounds don't awesome. trust anybody in politics," or 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 to question the reasoning behind it.
1: Well, I think that we have to be we have to bear in mind that people can all can act cynically about stuff. So for sure, yeah, and in certain in certain positions and and jobs, perhaps more so, like you know, lawyers or politicians. But that doesn't mean that we don't we don't count the fact that they're human beings, right? So um, anyway, my my point is that. I don't know a lot about this guy so I have to kind of take him at his word for what he said. And the reality of it is I see a guy who has been involved, at least evidence to be involved oh, right. in a lot of these communities and talked a lot uh you know about the importance of them and you know been very active in predominantly black cities and so he's got a, a track record that shows that he's actually been involved in some of these things and and when I read his his um Apology. I, I hear something that says, "Look, I'm trying to, you know, represent all Oklahomans because I'm a senator from the state of Oklahoma. There's only two per state, right? So you have to represent everybody in the state." And he said that you know he didn't intend to diminish the voice of black people when he actually made the statement on behalf of all Oklahomans. He said he should have realized that he did something. He should have realized what he did was uh, before and wrong, and he apologized for it. So, I mean, from my standpoint, if I knew more about him, perhaps I, this would be a little bit different. But I have to kind of go on the on the side of courageous. Only because if he is being sincere and apologizing for something that he thinks that he did wrong, we should take him at his word and give him the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, he – now, look, we can debate what, what he's actually apologizing for, but that's not the question at hand. The question at hand is whether or not his apology to black Oklahomans for, his, for the electoral challenge is something that should be courageous and, or cringeworthy. And from my standpoint, I come down on courage. Mr. Marcus Klein.
2: Well, Charlie, I, I don't think we're batting 1,000 anymore.
3: <laughs> it, was, it was bound to happen, no or. It always happens. <laughs> it always happens. Welcome to the show.
2: <laughs> so, you it, I got l- sound l- like l- you're on the other side of this, of, this, of this argument. Well, this is us us the why. most cringeworthy thing uh, since the last conversation we had, the last topic. Um, Charlie, let me ask you a question. Why did he withdraw? Why did he withdraw? Um, why did, why did he withdraw? I mean, his, he was going to counter – He was, right. what's, what's the terminology I'm looking for? He, he was
1: going to ask for an audit uh, of the certification prior to the certification happening. Yeah,
2: That's he, right. And kind of he and and later withdrew yeah. that – object, that his, his objection to it, right? right? W- why did he withdraw his objection? Did it have anything to do with his realization that that was a way of uh, – uh, of, of reinforcing the view that that, that, that uh, casting doubt on the validity of the black votes in in uh, Georgia.
1: I mean, possibly. I think that maybe he just didn't have the political will or the gumption to kind of stick out. his I decision.
2: refuse to believe that he was sitting in the Capitol about to to to, to, to vote a
1: particular way. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh,
2: uh, uh, about to vote, with defending the point of view of some of his of of of. of of his, uh, you know, state. And then all of a sudden realized while the, you know, a bunch of people are trying to take over the Capitol that, uh, oh, wait a minute. I might be reinforcing this idea that uh, black votes don't matter. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the last thing that came to his mind. And therefore, for me, it's inauthentic, right? And, and, and even more importantly is why? Why are you trying Right. To 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 raise a red flag on an election that has already been established as legal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, the, the moment you start um, objecting to the electoral college in that sense, right, mm-hmm. objecting to the results, objecting to all of this, you're legitimizing false narratives. You're legitimizing lies. Mm-hmm. Right, so I think you got to take ten steps back with this guy and say, why were you doing it from the very beginning? Why are you legitimizing? Sure. Why you can turn around and say, well, I'm just giving a voice to my electorate. Don't give your electorate a voice that is
1: only going to cause more that is, that is fake that is that is lies and it's only going to cause and That's more an debate. interesting question it just it, it goes to like when people are elected what does that actually mean because on a technical level they are elected to represent the viewpoints of the people that they actually are over irrespective of whether or not they agree with every single one I've but got about $4.55 in stocks Both things are
3: true, right? They're elected to represent the voice of their constituents but also elected because they themselves have an opinion that the constituents agree with but Sure Exactly and, I was about to say and 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 I've got, bo- I've I got $5 in things.
2: stocks in a particular company, Right Mm -hmm. And at that stage of the game, I own part of the company. Do I expect the CEO of that company to repeat the misinformation that I've been getting about the company? Or do I expect him to turn around and say the truth about the financials, the truth about the future? Mm -hmm. You
1: expect the the leader
2: to be truthful.
1: Sure. The only thing that counters your claim of inauthenticity is what he's been involved with prior with the black community, right? So if he was just a Johnny-come-lately, I wouldn't expect to see that in his background. But your point is well taken. I understand. I get it. So you're very cringe on this? He's very huh. cringe. His so shoes. I am
3: extremely cringe on this. With a capital right? K. Now, yeah, with a capital cringe? K. <laughs> <laughs> <there> capital Q. <laughs> capital Q. <laughs> capital, capital, capital Q. K. I don't know why, why there's a K in there. <clears throat> and the reason why I'm, I'm so cringe, and there's actually one specific line mm-hmm. that he had in, in, his, in his letter to my friends of North Tulsa that I, to me, it was like immediate cringe. When he said, I can assure you my intent to give a voice to Oklahomans who had questions was never also an intent to diminish the voice of any Black American. That's exactly what it was. Like, what did you think was going to happen with that? Like, to to you to uh, like that's acting like complete na- like he's completely naive because the reality is mm-hmm. his objection to the suffocation by electoral college is in the context of everything else that was happening for the last two months leading up to that moment. All of these like pushouts from from all of these cases that were taken out across all level, many of which with with, with courts that were controlled by more conservative judges, okay. all the way to Supreme Court that have been shut down across the board, to all of the things, all of the shenanigans that President Trump has been doing mm-hmm. leading up to this moment to drive more of that uh, questions on the validity of the elections. So you're now asking for a new commission to look into the the, the results of the, of the actual uh, elections. Of course, it's going to diminish not just the voice of any black American, but of all Americans who actually voted for this election. Mm -hmm. So when you say that to me, it's like, get the hell out of here. Like, what are you talking about? Like, there is no scenario where you didn't realize that Mm -hmm. people are going to feel disenfranchised because that's actually what you're trying to do. But I actually I actually think that there mm -hmm.
2: is a scenario where you don't realize that. Right. Again, when you're stuck in your particular bubble, when you're hearing particular, you know, feedback, when nobody's telling you the opposite. Right. I mean, I think that there is a world in that. And, And to that point. I, I don't completely disregard Charlie's opinion on this, right. I think the question is timing, sure right because well, you're, you're right a, this, you're goes
1: at, to, this goes to my earlier comments about the cynicism of politicians in general, which sure. is what you talked about earlier, which is that look on some level when your job is political calculus. Everything you do or say is based on some level on, like, how is this going to impact me? It's kind of hard to divorce yourself from that,
3: right? Well, but but that's exactly what's happening here. That's the reality, right? All of these guys that were opposing was, frankly, a political stunt. Yes. There was nothing about what they did that was going to stop at all the certification of Mm selection. Period, right? You can have all these senators go out and because it was just going to go to the House. And the House would have been like, yeah, he's elected. Mm-hmm. So there was not, it was all a political stunt, all to show loyalty to President Trump, show loyalty to the base of folks that, pre- that voted for President Trump, right? And the moment I think will cross the line, the second they had to run scared out of their mind that they were going to get lynched in there by those same people they were trying to protect or trying to cater to, I think that's what changed your perspective in terms of like, oh, we actually went too far. Well, yeah, it's think- a moment of we got we went too far. We let this thing that we thought we can control – you know, control, all of a sudden, like, it started to, like, it's like the moment they give the, the gremlins some water and that thing turns on you. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's out of control. And I can't. And, like, now that's where the fear really kicked in. I think that's what changed their, their, their mind.
2: Yeah, but I would actually take it a step further in terms of the political calculus, right? You're right there. You, what you're saying is that all of a sudden they realize something. They reacted to the, to, to, to the violence that was happening outside of their office, right? When I'm going to be even more cynical than that and say that they realize at that moment that they can no longer support Trump right that they can no longer yeah. back this back this horse right and so at that stage of the game it becomes a political calculus to stop uh, you know pushing the same false narratives that he's been pushing for months but, but
3: see I, I don't think it's a realization that they can't support trump anymore i actually think it's a realization that trump has pushed this party to a place of no return that therefore he's losing his power because his ability to be a kingmaker sure. was undone in georgia his ability to show power and strength was mm-hmm. undone in that call with the, with the Secretary of State of Georgia as well. Sure. Right? And then now causing a riot and an attack on Capitol Hill. Was like, mm-hmm. oh, now this guy's tainted. All of a sudden, all that fear they had of him, that they couldn't cross him, Forget that guy. He's kind of done. So we could we could go ahead and do our own thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. The, My the, point being, it's not about being scared about these guys crossing the 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 you but, know, but coming, coming something through something the door that. as much as it is about.
1: Here's them. one more one last uh, controversial question Bring for it. both of you gentlemen, um, as it relates to this question of predominantly black cities and the perceived or intentional slight to Black Americans. How do you reconcile that with? the idea, which is erroneous, that all black people think the same.
3: Uh you reconcile it because specifically the pushback against these states was around the voter count, around these cities and counties that were predominantly black. Yeah. In the case seven. of Georgia, that's exactly what was the case, is that the the places where the where President Trump and his, you know, his his uh legal <laughs> if you want to call him that, you know, what they were attacking was the validity of what happened in those key uh, cities of where the majority of, of the vote was Democrat, where the majority of the vote was more black or more diverse. So, it, how do you not see that as an attack against Black Americans, right? Where the one, where the places where you're picking on that, by the way, somehow senators got elected, somehow House representatives got elected. It's all fine, except for the presidential one, and specifically in those same cities where they're predominantly. Uh, more African-American and, or, or more more diverse. Now, the yeah, reason why I, I can reconcile wo- that really easily is the fact that, look, even with all of this gains that President Trump had from diverse vote, it's still overwhelmingly Democrat.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: By a lot, by a landslide, even with the massive increases that we saw. We talked about this, right? Still, when you think about the 70% of them still vote Democrat, yeah, thirty percent is a big number. Agree, but it's still seventy percent. Let's not kid
1: ourselves. And for African American, I'm blanking what the number was. It well, was, the number for black men was twenty percent for Trump, and it but the overall number, 10, think, the right? overall
3: went from uh, was it from eight I'm to ten percent? I'm, I'm just, us, saying
1: right? where I, where I, where I kind of caution you know us to, to to go into, and I kind of bristle at the mm-hmm. the thought that people based on their kin, skin color think a particular way. I, I and completely so that, agree. With that's you. the only thing that yeah, I would I, add to that. I, I
3: agree with that. But the but the when you looked at where they were challenging and what's States, it was specifically based on the voter count on mm-hmm. counties and cities that were predominantly African American, and, and I think and, and, that's the, the part and that very the very way.
2: You know, cases of attempts at voter suppression in Georgia for decades, right? Um, and and yeah, you you are a hundred percent correct. I think the what a, what a lot of us believe is that you know people have obviously the right to vote, and that we have to be able to get to that right to to, to, to allow for people to exercise that right. You know around a lot of the challenges that they may find due to their socioeconomic uh, mm-hmm. status, uh, the geographic area in which they live, and, you know, the the fact that uh, certain numbers lean in one direction or another, frankly, to me, is not relevant as much as it is that it, 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 But it becomes relevant when you realize, wait a minute, 80% of sure, black Americans... Sure, and, and I, and in I understand that, and I understand right? that.
1: It's just that, that color, that... that Additional detail is actually not insignificant to actually say that. I just don't like the framing of things as a, you know, this is a slight against black people because I see that as hard to divorce from the idea that black people all think a particular way. And that's what I kind of bristle at. Yeah, yeah. but I think it's yeah, more, yeah, yeah. more ger- driven by geographic so, location
3: of where those pushback actually happened.
2: So I hate to say it, mm-hmm. uh, Charlie, it becomes even more cringeworthy then. Mm-hmm. his
1: approach Oh, Yeah, like I, I mean, get it. I mean, it's it's kind of fodder for your position. I understand that. I'm just saying that that's my watch out with these kind of things. Yeah. So let's
3: see if we mm-hmm. can redeem ourselves and get back on the, on the side of- This is a fun like,
1: one. 100% agreement. Fun one. fun one. With our last one, which
0: is- Everybody a loves one. So, billionaires.
3: Andrew Yang. Mm-hmm. Who, I like Andrew Yang, by the way. I like a lot, as a matter of fact. Entrepreneur mass. and Democratic hopeful. And that's right. In the 2020 presidential primary. Um. Sorry, let me, let me. So this is uh, we're gonna have to redo this part right here. So I'm just flagging it real quick. Sometimes my my headphones just picked up on the on the audio. Give me a second. I just want to make sure of that they're not even on me, by the way. <laughs> you got all right. Good job.
1: <clears throat> I hate those headphones.
3: It, it, they're not even on me. Uh, all right. So we're gonna start again on three, two, one. So our last topic. Uh, which I think we'll get on the right side of this thing. Uh, Andrew Yang, an entrepreneur and democratic hopeful in the 2020 presidential primary, is reportedly on the cusp of announcing his mayoral candidacy, candidacy according to the New York Times. He's already uh, launched it, hasn't he? Say it again? He's, he, hasn't he already launched it? I, I, don't, I don't think he has. I think he's in the cusp of doing it, but this could be also a little bit, a couple of days uh, removed from when this thing got, got reported, right? Are, Twitter, that, by the way, is he a New Yorker? Did, did, well, I mean, that's that, part, part of the question. Well, is he's is been
2: New living New in New York for the past 25, 30 years. Something like yeah, but right. there's uh, entrepreneur, questions how New how a New Yorker he really is. Well, yeah, true, know. because he's been traveling the country. No, that.
1: but I thought he was like a West Coast guy. Am I wrong, no, about, no, no. That? Yeah, no? wrong about that? Yeah, you're wrong about that. His
2: Twitter hand, uh, or description under his handle says, uh, entrepreneur dad, champion of human-centered economy, and running to be the next mayor of New York All city. right, so
3: I stand corrected. Maybe that's what he has reported. So... This story is kind of funny in the sense that— The memes are great. The memes are great, which is—we love <laughs> that. So in that same time story where we were talking about, you he know, obviously you his his uh, upcoming uh, announcement of running for for, for, for uh, governor—for um, mayor, I'm sorry, uh, of New York, is, uh, you know, he, uh, he made some comments that definitely came out—that were immediately criticized and came out as tone deaf, right? So while discussing some of the difficulties of managing life in New York City during the coronavirus pandemic, he said, and I quote— We live in a two-bedroom apartment in Manhattan, and so, like, can you imagine trying to have two kids in virtual school in a two-bedroom apartment and then trying to do work yourself? So that quote of course got immediately picked up and there was rage and memes which we love. Right? I love the Hillary Clinton one. It's so a, there was it's this, there was like, this yeah, great ever can I see it. It's it's phenomenal, yeah. There was a great sure. meme uh, of uh, that someone put out and this this picture and this it's, it seems it's like, like a legit looking picture. get
1: a regular kitchen and going, where am I? And there's <laughs> so, no servants. So let me let me describe
3: this for those of you that obviously can't see this. But it's a picture and I don't know when it was taken of Hillary Clinton Walking be, through what looks like a, a little, uh, you know, a kitchen of a maybe
2: apartment in, in New York. Classic New York City apartment. So, she looks so
3: confused as to what she's looking she's at. She's stunned. like, She's never seen it before. And it's, it basically just says Andrew Yang, right? Yeah. And just like.
1: Where are the servants? Now,
3: yeah. what's funny about this is to add insult to injury, Yang also admitted to the Times that he and his family have been spending the majority of their time at their upstate home in New Paltz
1: um, and not in their Hell's Kitchen apartment. Um, By the way, what's the rent on a house, kitchen apartment? Is it like fifteen million dollars a month? I mean, like, I mean, I even know. if it's two bedroom, right? Um,
2: you know, I got a I got a, a close friend of mine in upstate New mm-hmm. York, um, who well, he's upstate, he's renting yeah. his house to all of the people who've like, you know, there's a tremendous amount of people who've left the city, right? Because we're smart. now all working yeah. from mm-hmm. home, and he he rented his house for something like three times the amount that he that his mortgages, wow. allowing him to rent it.
1: God bless pay him, his
2: mortgage rent way. another place for his wife and his husband. Sure. his kids are now out of the house yeah. and uh pocket a you know a little bit of money genius and yeah
3: I mean the, the reality is look look we know a number of people that, that have done this right that have apartments in the city and that have decided to live
2: and run for mayor are not running really
3: for mayor study, <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's sad and it feels so out of touch when you think about the average American struggling through a you know a pandemic and not having enough you know money to like you know to have food in the in the in the fridge. But it is part of the situation that is there right now. By the way, there was those that defended him right, so they were saying that he was taken out of context. Um, and and I quoted what someone wrote, which is basically he said that in context of being on national television, that his two sons are doing online school and hence they can be loud at times when he's on TV and it was the comment was in the context of him talking about fulfilling his CNN obligations from his apartment right and and that's when he made the comment of trying to do live in a two-bedroom apartment while trying to be on air um, and talk about this. So, anyway, so that's that's the big issue. So you're going to go cringe?
1: you're going to go first and you're and and you're Well, can we agree what are we curious curious about? It's, courage courage be it's, it's him being called out for that quote. Oh, hey, him being we called are,
2: out for that quote. Okay. Yeah. 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 The because, backlash. So we're critiquing for the backlash. We're critiquing, we're critiquing the memes. The backlash. Yeah. How can we? How can we make a meme cringeworthy? They are all great.
3: Yeah. The, the, the. Yeah. That's that's a tough one because the meme <laughs> is so good. I mean, I, I mean, I I'm
1: open to look at it as his no, comment no, 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 itself, but, uh, but uh, I don't. No. I think it was such a passing thing. I think I don't, it's to the backlash. It's the backlash. backlash. Is the isn't it, backlash isn't is it more
2: important to, to look and now that he is a candidate for for
1: from the oral office?
2: Isn't it important to see what his actions are cringeworthy or not? Can we well, do but, both? But the
3: reality is, people are not really questioning his platform, right? they question. I mean, the controversy is not on his be. platform necessarily. At least not yet. The platform, is, the, the, Look, the controversy you know what? is like, he, Marcos is, is
1: the guest, let Marcos decide. Whatever he Can wants do to both? do, we Can we do both? Well, both, isn't it just going to be like, one is this way, the other one's that way? Well, yeah, maybe,
2: maybe. Yeah. It's a little boring, isn't it? I'm a it little is. boring sometimes.
3: This, 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 let's
1: keep Oftentimes. this as
3: a, for me, that's the last okay, one. Okay, the right, reaction. So, so the reaction to the
1: to his his comment, right? Is it so, courageous to call out Andrew Yang for saying this tone-deaf comment? Right. Is that something we should be saying, wow, that's courageous, or is it cringeworthy to call him out for that comment? So, I, I
3: would say i would i would rank it as hilarious first and foremost because i could definitely appreciate good comedy and i think a lot of good comedy came out of this comment however the overall calling out of that of that comment in the context of how he's saying I, it, I just have a hard time putting it as courage i think it's more cringe than anything else i think if people are are immediately kind of picking on him and i think part of it is because they do question how much of a new yorker he really is right mm-hmm. now in part he's been because of and we were mentioning a little bit earlier is the because of his involvement in both being a Democratic candidate and his involvement in terms of in politics and, and being a, a, a media sort of guest and especially some of the work that's the CNN, he's been out of that city a lot. And even when he's a city, I guess you can kind of question how much in the city he's actually in, how much of a New Yorker is he really? Um, so I think people have a little bit of out for him uh, to begin with. And it's probably one of those comments that I think if he could, he probably would say a little bit differently. Uh, because it does come off a little bit tone deaf, but I think the intent of what he was saying, I have a hard time really picking on him as being disconnected, and especially because he is the person who, frankly, beyond anyone else from the Democratic candidates, was so adamant about championing universal basic income, mm-hmm. which, frankly, the most people that will benefit from that are will be the same people that are in the hardest position right now that are being most impacted by coronavirus, by the pandemic, who you can make the case should be most offended by a comment like his about being able to somehow manage living in this two bedroom apartment while the, the the pandemic is taking place. So for that reason, I, I put it as as cringe on the response to his comment. Got it,
1: Marcos. Okay. Um, te toca, güey. nadie me que nadie me toca aquí. Sin permiso, por lo menos. Should you, shouldn't yet, you serve <laughs> me another drink, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, listen. Uh, this is this is an interesting one, particularly framing it from the perspective of um, the response, you know, gauging the response to it. And um, I, I think there's a bigger picture here. I think there's always, you know, the difficulty of communicating within 140 characters is 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 real, right? It 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 lends itself this an to. Interview,
3: by the way, this is not a tweet. I'm
2: sorry, this is an interview, not a tweet. Oh, it was an interview. It was an interview. I thought yeah, it was a tweet. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't a tweet. It was
3: part
1: of an interview.
2: Back to one. Completely ruined your Take your two. logic, your thesis. Your <laughs> well, you know what? No, but the, the, but, but, but uh, I don't think it necessarily ruins my logic because we're we're being um, led by sound bites and tweets, right? So yep. the yeah, hundred forty yeah. character and for sure. for sound bites. Yeah. You know, it kind of goes hand in hand. In other words, you're trying to fit in a lot of information. Something you guys don't do very well is trying to fit a lot of information in a very short period. <laughs> wow,
1: Bert. <laughs> he was looking at you when he said that, and oh, no. I was, <laughs> was, I
2: was. Um, so that obviously lends itself to certain, uh, you know, interpretations of 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 what is being said that might 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 be inaccurate. At the same time, however, I, I I've been I've been a fan of 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 Yang. Since, since he, you know, almost the beginning, you know, before he was even—no, of course not. When, he, when, when we started realizing who he was, right, and listening to his platform and listening to him offer solutions and offer solutions that were very oriented, coming from left field and from the business world. World, very entrepreneurial, yeah, very, very entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial non-traditional. I that. That's what I and mean, I loved a lot of the proposals he was making. Mm-hmm. A lot of them yeah. simply made sense. But you look at him now. And a little while ago you said that – you said that uh, what we hear and what we consume is based off of algorithms. I'm going to add an an element to that, which is popularity. Mm -hmm. I wonder how popularity changes you as well, right? And so we – You're saying now he's becoming a politician. I'm saying he's not the same guy.
0: I'm not necessarily sure that he's a politician. Is math
2: no longer cool? You know, math is still cool. So is science, (laughs) by the way. Right. And – but, but I look at his, Twitter, at, at, at his Twitter feed and I follow him on Twitter and I've, I've seen just a divergence of, in, of, 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 of strategy of information that we're getting from him that is just no longer satisfying to those of us who looked at him right. as somebody who was coming from left field and offering solutions that we, like to, that we were p- not accustomed yeah. to yeah. hearing from politicians, right? And now it's just he, – he, he's become so shallow in many ways Ooh. and I, his, his Twitter feed is no longer uh, informative.
1: Forget no, I can about see entertaining. Why he wanted to do it about his comment and not his re- not the response. Okay, <laughs> right?
2: No, 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 no. But but I'm, I'm getting to that. Yeah, you see, I'm I'm taking my time. Really. I'm, I'm uh, following Jesus' lead. I'm taking my time. Oh. I
3: was I was very brief on this one in Be developing an, an answer. Let's
2: not forget about the role of comedy in politics today, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Starting you know way 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 before. I think the obviously the epitome of this is the Daily Show with Jon Stewart, but I think what 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 people now through social media and comedians and you know folks who have the time to sit down and 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 create a meme. I made one once. It's the last time I ever did that. Um, and you know the role that they have in politics today is super important. So calling people out for those changes and calling people out for being disconnected from the, you know, either the consumer or the, mm-hmm. sure. you know, the, the citizen that they're out to uh, theoretically defend sure. is super important. So from that perspective from seeing the change that he's made and 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 and, and giving people an empowering his audience and, and and people in general to challenge him fact, on his we're current close views. To a call here. This, this is a call This, this sure is, is This is uh, nothing short of heroic,
3: yeah, my yeah.
1: friends. All right, let's go. <laughs> So what do you what, Yeah, so what's, what is it? What's the call? courage? It's courage. Oh, Come okay. on.
2: Heroic <laughs> is not cringe with you. Hey, 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 hey. Courage. courage.
1: So the backlash courageous. was courageous. Your backlash was cringy. Cringe, correct. Got
2: Sorry, it. Right. Jesus. I thought yeah. you, you you were expecting an ally
1: here. Uh, yeah, you definitely did not we, deliver. I'd yeah.
3: like to look at our at our strategy of who we bring on, it's <laughs> on board after. Having ahead. heard
1: you guys talk, I'm definitely of two minds on this one because on one side I feel that it's a little bit of picking on Someone's kind of inelegant statement of something, um, which objectively is hard to do, even for the people who have a lot less means who are trying to work in sure, an apartment. But part it of of his, is hard.
3: Part of his brand is being quirky, like right. So you're going to have like comments that are not going to be very elegant
1: because he's a quirky guy to begin he's with. He's a quirky dude, and on top of that, what he's saying is not is not unfactual. It is hard to run a do your job and have kids that are going to school right. in the other room and. Doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. So that's it. Objectively, seems like a truism. It just rings so hollow when it's a guy who has all the means in the world, because it sounds like a complaint that he otherwise wouldn't make. You and know, think, you, you simply add
2: to that if it's difficult for me, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how difficult it is for for, for, well, for folks who are making minimum wage.
1: Right. Can what I, I give an example? A... Why does he have a two? <laughs> Can like, I give you, think I give you have another one? I have a, a bigger apartment. Can I give you another one? Just sure, so like,
3: go ahead. And I forgot to include us on here, but there's also memes here as yeah. well, right? So he was uh, also uh, – it was like an Instagram story where he, <laughs> he put it up like on his story where he's like – Talking about supporting bodegas, right? Like, oh, we gotta support all these bodegas, so you can see him in there, in a like at the store, mm-hmm. and then everyone, of course, takes screenshots of him and his bodega. And says, who's gonna tell him this is not a bodega, right? Because obviously, was not it was like some the Gucci store,
1: much larger <laughs> store, and it's like they're just, I mean, they're they're this guy. Right. So anyway, yeah, they're wh- picking him a little so bit. So one side of me is that way. The other side of me is like, look, you're on a stage that gets. Scrutinized. You're seeking a stage that is going to have even more scrutiny. That's right. You got to be more guarded, and you Mm -hmm. have to expect this outcome. But nevertheless, doesn't change the fact that I'm answering the question about whether or not the people who came out of in social were being courageous or being cringeworthy for that particular commentary. And I have to net out on cringe as well. I have to agree with Jesus that given all the given all the factors on this one, that I'm going to put it on. (laughs) I'm going to put it on cringe. It doesn't rise to the level of um, of something that's courageous. I think it's a bit of a pot shot. I don't think that that excuses him from inelegant or off-the-cuff statements when he's on that kind of platform, but I don't think he meant anything ill about it, and I don't think it's objectively untrue. So that's why I net out where I net out. So there you go. I agree. I wow, agree. <laughs> I'm glad I could bring you together. You you, you, right? you have exactly done that. I'm like John Stewart on Crossfire, when they <laughs> both ended exactly. up hating him. Right, <laughs> that's true. I remember that. You know, we don't have shows like Crossfire anymore, though. Don't that you was think? A great. Show. Don't you think we should have more of that kind of stuff? No, like, I, I actually
2: of... agree with John Stewart when he walked on there and he said, y- "You please stop." Um, but because I think it led—I mean, that was mm-hmm. what twenty years ago. I don't I have no idea. But just how long
1: even those forums, right? though, of like—I mean, that's something we, you know, Jesus and I always talk about is sure. like part of the reason we're doing this show is to actually show the world that you can actually have different points of view and still actually end up respecting one another. I think on some level, like just those formats are kind of cool. Yeah. They've kind of gone away. Yeah. Even things that are popular now are not really different perspective. It's more like people being polite with each other as they each present their case and they don't actually engage, sure. right? So, so anyway. But that's a that's a side point goes finally thank you for, by the way, for being here with us it's been a distinct pleasure we're going to have you back I'm sure what like give people a chance to get in touch with you what should they know how should they follow your work how do they you know call you up to give you lots of opportunities and projects and money like come on <laughs> g- give us your uh, give us your four one one
2: sure well my uh, I own a production company called altered l a the website is www.altered.la. You know, it's a funny story. You want a funny story? Tell me. Um, I did the .la for our, our website. This is uh, you know Again, 10 years or so one. ago. Right? I'm sorry.
1: Again, you're the one.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm the one uh, thinking that it, that it made a lot of sense because we're based in Los Angeles, but we are also based in Latin America. When our headquarters are in Los Angeles, but the but the business, right. uh, a lot of the core business is production services. You know, shooting things for less in uh, Mexico, Colombia, whatnot. Um, particularly as it, as it pertains to the. US Hispanic market but not necessarily even that I mean we've done a tremendous amount of work that's you know supposed to be New York City uh, right but uh, but we shoot it in Mexico City I come to realize that the la is for Laos <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> that's the country that's the country yeah yeah the, the way you know in Mexico oh, you have .com.mx oh, for Mexico, uh, .LA oh, is for Laos it's... so now I'm the proud owner See? of the one. Website so that you're
1: has, getting tons of right. Laotian bids. For, uh, no, like, I wish I work. wish I was getting uh, tons <laughs> of. It doesn't matter.
2: I don't care where they come from. That's uh, hilarious. It, no, but uh, but I appreciate the opportunity to be to to be on, and uh, I love what you guys are doing. I brought a bottle of tequila to awesome. celebrate the yes, success. we of We've been drinking. On today's twenty second yeah. episode, Amen. Um, and uh, and I wish you both continued success with this. Thanks, this brother, is fantastic. You it. are thank thank absolutely you right, Charlie. We need more uh, more more um, examples of how we can have a civilized conversation, respecting each other's opinions. Uh, Amen. And, um, and you know, and still having the ability to shake hands and keep talking afterwards. I
1: mean, Very good. Well, we're, we're uh, really appreciative for you coming and spending some time with us. Uh, Jesus, any words of wisdom? Uh,
3: yeah, I think the only thing, which is, I think, super interesting, I was joking about it earlier, about teasing Marcos of, of not being more on my camp on these things. But, you know, I think that's the beauty of what we need to highlight more, which is, that diversity of opinion of thought, even in the cases where we tend to be in the same sort of political or ideological, ideological camp food group. Yeah. Like there's actually a lot to be said about the fact that we should be more about finding ways to push each other in our opinions, in our, in our thoughts about issues. And in that process, I think we all learn a little bit more from each other. So even in cases where we are in the same kind of food, food group or same camp, having a difference of opinion is actually a great thing because I think it gives perspective. It gives an opportunity to actually learn more or seeing things in a different way because it's always finding it so interesting that in a chart I do and I do it all the time, that even the case where we have, may have come down to the same end result and agreeing on suddenly being be encouraged or cringe, the how we got to it tends to be different. tends to be pretty different. Sure. And I love that. I actually learned a lot, but like, huh, I hadn't thought about that. And it's so interesting how you could be, end up in the same place even with very different logic. So well, I think you we know, have to celebrate that more. I, I, I love the fact that, even when you were, once again, the same food group, how you can have that diversity in, in thought and how you process information to get to, make, in some cases, the same conclusion or opposite conclusions.
2: Well, you know, following up on, Charlie, what you said a long time ago, which was, you know, not all black voters vote the same. I mean, you could you – could, uh, that, that, that logic uh, serves just about any demographic, mm-hmm. right? It's like not all Democrats think the same, right? Mm -hmm. Not all Democrats reach the same conclusion through the same path or the same, you know, all Republicans do it. it. And it speaks to the polarization of the country where we just automatically, you know, put people in a particular box and we, and it's so difficult to get, to get them out of there. Right. And, and, you know, there's, there's another reason why I respect what you guys are doing. Right. And it's like study after study shows that when you talk about politics, you talk about religion, you talk about certain things the part of the brain that lights up is the emotional side, not the rational side. And it's very, very difficult to break away from that. I think the the emotional side, you know, being in a creative field, I think it's incredibly important. I think that emotions, you know, drive a lot of, you know, uh, validity and and, and bring art and bring so many things that that that, that, that are great. But at the same time, it's important to be able to separate ourselves slightly from that and be able to say, hey, Let's let's talk rationally about that and be open to changing your mind.
1: And that's the thing. The openness is really important. And I think that forums like this one kind of help bring that about. So I thank you uh, for everybody again listening. That's Marcos Klein Marquez. And check out Altered.LA for all of your kind of production needs. Marcos is a leader in the industry and has been for a number of years. It's a great privilege to have you here, Marcos. Thank you very much. And that's us. That's this week's episode Let's uh, you know, hope and pray that tomorrow goes smoothly. Either way, I think that next week we're going to have a lot to talk about, Jesus. I'm sure we will. All right. So check us out next week on another episode of TDR. If you enjoyed this episode of the Diversity Remix, please remember, first of all, to subscribe and help us to spread the word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and give us a five-star review. We're available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your listening fix. And lastly, please remember to stop by blackbrown.us, the creator of this podcast, and take a look at our work and our approach at the intersection of diversity and business. The Diversity Remix is produced by Leo Gomez with production services by Jose Manuel Durquidy and Luis Diego Carranza and our friends at Juan Diego Network. The Diversity Remix is a production of Black Brown.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president?